What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Vegas, a.k.a. Mr. 702, live from the building, and we are about to go under the armor. If you are a basketball player growing up in America, by the time you have reached middle school, you eat, sleep, dream basketball. If that is what you are truly passionate about, you carry a ball in your hand as you're walking the hallways. You're trying to get up extra shots. If you got a off period before your next class, you're watching YouTube videos. You're looking at the greats and trying to figure out what they did that was dope. Long story short, if basketball is your craft, you work on it. Now, your craft could be something like business, or it could be something as if singing. But if it is truly your craft, then I am here to tell you and encourage you and remind you that you have to continuously master your craft. The happiness of a man doesn't lie and being absent, but in the mastering of their passions. If you're truly passionate about something, if baking is what you love to do, and you can bake any type of pie in the world, then I encourage you to master your craft. If singing is what you truly love to do, then by all means, sing for the both of us, because I cannot sing. Master your craft. I believe when you master your craft, you are always rediscovering yourself because in order to become a master of something, it takes sacrifice. It takes time. It takes discipline. It takes so much to be able to master your craft. Um, I mean, I can take it a different way as an MMA as an MMA fighter, when I am actually training a fight, I train every day. Whether I'm training my body in forms of kickboxing or boxing or judo or jujitsu, or whether I'm training my mind with meditation and having clear thoughts, whether I'm recovering my body with a massage or cryotherapy, I'm always working, I'm always working, I'm always working. Even in the gym, I was telling some of my clients not too long ago that I literally enjoy staying in a constant state of soreness. In order to be sore, oh, that is such a glorious feeling. And so I'm always rediscovering my limits and I'm always trying to push past those limits, whether it be, you know, in the gym or whether it be mentally trying to absorb knowledge or whether it be in my business, you know, shout out Vegas, Mr. 702, you know, personal trainer, physical fitness, professional wellness coach. And so like, I'm always working. I'm always studying. I'm always trying to figure it out. I mean, 
even as a fitness professional, I love taking other people's classes because it always teaches me something. Um, oh, I didn't even think about using that combination or, oh, I didn't even think about putting that song there. Or, oh man, I just like the flow of the class and how they're interacting. And so I'm always rediscovering my passion for fitness and I'm always rediscovering something that I can improve on. Um, I personally believe that the fulfillment of the journey of mastering your craft or perfecting your craft is so great because it's within the journey that you are able to use different skills and you're able to even produce different thought process. Um, I know for me personally, as a personal trainer, when I first got started, I was very, very harsh. I come from a military background and it was just like, we're going to just kill every client and they're going to do results in it. And so like that intensity was so much, I had to turn it down. And then, like, when I started working at different organizations like Denver Gym and Fitness or um, when I moved back to uh, Georgia and I actually got the fitness award for um, the correction officers um, or even when I reentered personal training and was doing it independently in Denver. And then I was working for a couple of um, mobile independent companies. And then I was also coaching football and I was doing one-on-one with basketball players. And the style in my progression and my mastery of my craft has just continued to improve and to improve. And I honestly feel like I am one of the best personal trainers out there. And it's not because I do anything nobody else is doing, but I just don't think everybody studies the craft and perfects the craft. Like I try to give each and every client a custom individualized workout. So I have one client that is, um, she wants to learn how to play basketball, just I, I don't know. She she feels like she wants to be Kobe nice on the court. And it's going to be such a joyful journey just to teach her the fundamentals of basketball, how to dribble, how to shoot, how to perfect angles, how to stop traveling, just different things like that. And so like, and I'm not saying every trainer doesn't do the you know, making it a 360 plan for the client or even, you know, making sure that whatever the client wants to enjoy as far as fitness that they do. But I just don't think a lot of people do it like me. So whatever you are in love with, whatever you have a passion for, whatever you would consider your craft, if you are not working each and every day to get 1% better, then what are you really doing? Thank you, thank you, thank you for checking out my podcast, Vegas Mr. 702. If you want to hit me up on social media, Facebook, Joshua Broomfield, Instagram, Vegas Mr. 702, or you can go directly to the website, VegasMr702.com, where you can see a list of services I provide, such as personal training, business consultation, fitness modeling, and life coaching. Check me out. So... It is Super Bowl Sunday, and we are about to see some of the best commercials, and the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Francisco 49ers are about to entertain us, and one of the teams are going to win. However, all the players that's on the team can't play. 
And while we might know the quarterbacks like Patrick Mahomes and, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo, what about the special teams player that's the gunner? Or what about the long snapper? Or what about the center? Or what about the maintenance guy? Or what about the guy that does all the helmets? And so if I was to ask you in your life, both in your relationships, in your business, in your fellowship with friends, what does it mean to be a team player? Are you the type of person that works and plays well with others? Can you be the mentor as well as be the mentee? Being a basketball junkie that I am, me and my brother always argue about what is the number one skill that a player should be able to have. So whether you play football, basketball, or you're just on a team in life, I think the number one skill is your reliability. Like, or in basketball, you would say your availability. There are some very, very talented players. But like, if you only play half of the season, you are now putting us in a state where we have to create two different game plans. Like, you have to do whatever you need to do to make sure that you are available and you are able to be relied upon by the team. Like, there is something to be said about a player like Antonio Brown, who is so talented, but yet so unreliable. And he is not available for the teams that were trying to pay him or that would even want to sign him in the future. I think another important teammate characteristic is your ability to perform. Can you do your job? Period. If your job is to be like Robert Orr and all you're supposed to do is hit game-winning threes and send the Lakers deeper and deeper and deeper into the playoffs and win championships with the Houston Rockets, then guess what? You got to be the best Robert, Ori, you can be. If you're in a relationship and you are supposed to be taking care of XYZ duties, that means even if you don't feel like it, even if you may not be all the way okay, it is your job to do some of those duties. Or not some of them. Matter of fact, it's your job to do the duties that you agreed to perform. Um... I think another great thing about a good teammate is their ability to understand that the team comes first. I am a very prideful person. I do not want to come off the bench in basketball. I don't. I don't. I like to start. I feel like I'm good enough. I feel like whether you put me on two, 
three, four, five. I can pretty much play all of them. And I don't like to sit the bench. However, what I want and what's best for the team might be two different things. And so, like, you just humble yourself and realize that the team needs should always supersede the player's need. And the last thing about a great teammate is just being positive, period. I don't want to be on a team where there is negativity. Nobody wants to be on a team full of pouting players. Nobody wants to be on a team full of one player making it uncomfortable for a lot of people. I think that if I was to be honest, I question Kyrie Irving's leadership because now he's been to two different teams and he has not been a good teammate, nor has he been a good leader because while his ideology may be different from his teammates, he kind of narcissistically shoves it in their face and creates a distance and a rift between him and maybe players that are not as talented or as popular as him. Um, I think the Patriots say it best. Do your job. Do your job. And that is in all parts of life. That is in everything. Whatever you are responsible for, do your job. And do nothing less. Now, if you choose to do more than your job, then that's a whole nother podcast. However, do your job. And if your job is to be a great teammate, a great significant other, a great co-worker, a great this, that, or the third, do your job. Now, I must make a confession when I was growing up, I lived in the Glass City, shout out Toledo, Ohio, in the building. And there is a certain artist named Life Jennings who has this song called Cry, which is just like, take you to Sunday, go ahead and get the tissues out, go ahead and get the fans out. But I believe it is a very purposeful song, just a man detailing why he doesn't cry. And so... I am here to tell you that since my father has died, I have cried more in my life than ever. And maybe it's just because I'm now able to cry. Growing up, I didn't want to cry. I didn't want to show sadness because I really, really associated crying with weakness and being unable to handle things. But like, I am here to tell you, if you need to cry, cry because crying is good for you and crying is far 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 from a weakness in my personal opinion and this is just me crying to me is more intimate or just as intimate as sex because i just don't know what it is about crying that it, for me is so difficult. It's so difficult for me to cry or even to express emotion. And I like, I have to be so, 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 so 
passionately connected or attached or involved in it to cry. And then there is the process of being able to let my guard down. And I can only be honest with you. I am a conundrum. I am a big teddy bear. And I say that playfully sometimes, but I believe it's to be true because I think that just because people are strong or people have drive or or people have grit and they have this, you know, go get it mentality, that does not mean that they are any stronger when it comes to certain parts of their emotional well-being. Like, I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know why it's hard for me to cry or why it takes a lot, and I mean a, a emotional overload just to do it. But what I will tell you is that at the age of 30, that I feel in my soul that crying is not only positive, but it's a healthy form of expression. And when I cry at first, I just feel like this wave of emotion. And a lot of it comes with anger. Like, why are these emotions here? Why can't you control these? Why are you losing it? Like, because I'm a big control person. So for me, in order to cry, like, I have to humble myself and take my ego out and say, it's okay. Like, you don't have it all together. Like, you are struggling. You do feel pain. You do feel despair. You can have a weak moment. Um, And if the moment calls for shedding of your tears, then just to let go and cry. And for me, I think I'm just afraid of crying because I don't know if the space is always safe. And so for the most part, I just cry to myself or, you know, sometimes um, I I will call my mom and be upset and cry to her. Or I, I cry to very few people because it is a very hard thing for me to do. And because it's almost like admitting that like emotionally I need a minute and that I am weakening and I need a moment to shed tears in order to regain my composure. Because I think that's the best for me. That's the best feeling of crying. To let out a cry to express how you feel to allow emotions to seep out of you. And then for me, I wipe my tears and I got to figure out how to get it because I'm an entrepreneur and I'm independent and work must be done. People must be trained. You know, Facebook questions must be answered. Emails must be responded to. So... For me, the ritual of crying is something that, as an adult, I'm trying to get used to. So I don't know if you don't cry. I don't know if you think that crying is weak, but please, please find a safe place, whether it be 
somebody you trust or whether it be a professional or whether it be a group of people that create a self-environment. And if you need to cry, please do cry. Because like sometimes your soul is under so much pressure that that moment of crying is like allowing that pressure only for a moment to be relieved. So cry on. Remember, to be more real, be more human, be more honest. Catch me next time as we continue to go under the armor.